And I wonder how many of you have ever been afraid of the end of the day because you were not looking forward to the fact that you knew you would just have to battle to try to get some sleep that night, that you'd be battling with your mind. How many of you have woken up and right out of the gate been in anxiety and fear and felt completely broken before your day even started? For many of us, that's a reality that we've dealt with. Some of us have tossed and turned in our mind and been wrestling, trying to put on this face of like, I'm fine, or I'm okay, or I'm strong, but inside we're just wrestling with fear and doubt or shame or whatever it is, and we're just broken. I've been there. Maybe some of you have been there. That was Pastor David Robinson from Axe Church, and this is Contemplate. Great to have you listening today as Pastor David continues this important study about anxiety. It affects so many of us and can be so crippling, affecting everyone around us, too. But the good news is that there is hope. Here's Pastor David with today's episode, recorded live at Axe Church. We need to be listening to the Holy Spirit today. We need to try to hear his voice because anxiety, depression, fear, sadness, these types of things are ravaging the world. They're ravaging the world. According to the National Institute for Mental Health, from ages 18 to 59, the percentage of people with mild to severe anxiety disorders, okay, not just normal anxiety, which I think everybody has some of at different levels. I'm talking about anxiety disorders, okay, medical disorders was between a little less than 21 to a little less than 23%. More than one in five people have actual anxiety disorders, okay? Interestingly, although still high, over 60 years old, the percentage drops down to 9%, which is very interesting. Apparently, when you're 60, you're like, whatever, right? <laughs> right? Um, so yeah, I mean, less anxiety. Hey, I love it. That's great. You have less anxiety. Um, although still almost 10% of people over 60. So um, among teenagers, and this is important because it tells us whether things are getting better or worse. Among teenagers, the percentage is from a little over 31 to a little over 32%. Almost a third of our teenagers are suffering with anxiety disorders. I'm not talking about just anxiety. I think probably all of them deal with anxiety, okay, which is also very serious. But I'm talking about anxiety disorders. Almost one in three suffer from anxiety disorders, that's a very serious thing. If anxiety is not something that you deal with yourself and you're thinking, this sermon series maybe doesn't really hit me where I am, I kind of just drive, whatever the case is, right? Um, you're kind of that person. Let me just tell you, somebody that you love, somebody that you know has an anxiety disorder. By the statistics, a good number of people in this room do. A good number of people in this room do, and so understanding is important. This is a problem, guys, and it doesn't just affect people in the world. This affects Christ followers. It affects everybody. It affects everybody. The nice thing is that although anxiety can be crippling and difficult, whether it's a disorder, whether it's just worry and stress and whatever in your life or going through difficult times, believers have an answer for it. Scripture has an answer for it, for how to deal with it, for how to walk through it. Now, it seems to me like whenever I preach about whatever the topic is, it seems like whatever that thing is, it hits me super hard, right? So if I preach about patience, then during that week, 
Some of y'all are going to try my patience, right? Like more than usual. You know who you are, okay? I wrote down a list of names, but I've decided not to read it. If I preach on giving, right, then I'm going to all of a sudden feel like I really need to be much more generous and give more. And some of you are like, you never preach on giving. Yeah, I can't afford to, okay? I'm kidding. I do preach on giving. Give, okay? That's my preaching on giving today. Do what you're supposed to do. All right. I think next week, um, because, well, let's put it this way. This anxiety two weeks, definitely I've been hit with more of it, right? And I think God, I need to be, I guess, because I need to, to be close to it, to be able to do it. But it's definitely, when I try to preach on something like this, it's going to hit me that much harder. So next week, uh, we're going to be doing a series on taking a private jet to Hawaii. <laughs> we're just going to see what happens. Um, we're going to see what happens. <laughs> God's been gracious, even though I've been dealing with some extra anxiety this week and, and even last night and like right up to now. Um, I've struggled with, a long, uh, I struggled with it for a long time, mostly victoriously in the power of the Holy Spirit, but seriously, not small. I'm not talking about some little thing like, oh, I get worried sometimes, okay? And, I've, and God has shown me how to get through it, and he's walked me through it. And so today we're going to walk through the biblical solution to both anxiety itself, just in general, fear, even maybe some depression, things like that, and even anxiety disorders, okay? Um, for those of you who, who suffer with real medical anxiety disorders, what we're talking about today is not a replacement for the possibility that you may need medication for that, okay? And I know there are people who think, well, if I take medication, that shows I don't really trust God, or that I'm really weak, or something like that. Let me just explain something to you. Um, anxiety disorders are a physical condition. For those of you who don't know, anxiety disorders are a physical condition. It has to do with the way that your brain produces certain chemicals. And if they don't produce them right, then you deal with an anxiety disorder. Now, it may manifest itself in certain thoughts and things like that, but the truth is it's a physical condition. And like any other physical condition, if a good doctor properly and thoughtfully prescribes you medication, there is nothing wrong with taking it. The only reason you wouldn't take it is if you also wouldn't take an aspirin if you had a headache, or if you wouldn't put a Band-Aid on if you were bleeding, okay? Because if you would do those things to take care of your physical body, then taking medication that's properly prescribed is fine, okay? And this is what I'm going to talk about today. is not a replacement for that. It's, it's the other side of it, because even when you take medication or whatever, it doesn't deal with the heart issue, which is that we all struggle with anxiety at some level. Okay, we all struggle with these kinds of thoughts. Okay? I take medication, I take my pills today, I'm not ashamed of that. I don't care. Okay? It, it, it's, like, it's like treating cholesterol or whatever. But it, I can tell you right now, by itself, they're not magic. We still have to walk through the anxiety that we deal with. Okay? So, here's the basics of how we combat anxiety. Okay? Two things. Truth and trust. Truth and trust. Those are the things we're going to walk through today. There's a doctor, Dr. Christian Ati. I, I don't know if that's how you pronounce the name, but Christian Ati writes in the journal Dialogues in Clinical Neuroscience. That's the name of the journal. And, they, and, and, and says this, uh, cognitive behavioral therapy is considered the gold standard in the psychotherapeutic treatment of anxiety disorders. Okay? Cognitive behavioral therapy is considered the gold standard in the psychotherapeutic treatment of anxiety disorders. Let me tell you what I love about this church. I just quoted from Dialogues in Clinical Neuroscience, a journal, and used words like psychotherapeutic, and no one's like, this is weird. Like, everybody's like, yeah, that's cool. Let's talk about that. I love that. I love that about us. Um, 
<laughs> Seriously. They're like, let's do it. Let's talk about cognitive behavioral therapy. All right. Cognitive behavioral therapy may sound fancy, but let me tell you what it is, okay? It's just a fancy way of describing a counseling method. And you know what that counseling method is? Telling people the truth. That's it. Helping people to live in truth. You, you, you identify the thoughts that are causing depression or anxiety or difficulty, and you tell yourself the truth to those things, to those fears, uh, the depression, the difficulty. And some of you are thinking, we pay counselors to do that? I can do that. And you're right, you probably could. Um, but yes, we do pay them. We also pay a dollar for 20 ounces of water that they filled up from the hose at the back of Walmart. And we're like, oh yeah, it's better. <laughs> Read it. It's like from a municipal, municipal source, okay? That means it came from the hose. And you're just like, oh, I'll pay $2 for that. It's a fancy bottle. Anyway, I do it too. What am I going to say? Um, <laughs> I do. The gold standard of psychology that has been incredibly effective is simply biblical wisdom. This is important that you understand this because when you look at the world and what they do and you see the things and, and you see something like, this thing really works, this method or this thought process or this whatever, what you're usually gonna find if it really is effective is that when you break it down, it's because it's using biblical principles. That's the reason it's effective. So cognitive behavioral therapy is the gold standard. It's used by everybody, Christians, non-Christians, Muslims, but it doesn't matter what you are. Cognitive behavioral therapy is effective. Why? Because it's completely based in biblical truth. Completely based in biblical truth. Listen to this, 2 Corinthians 10, 4 through 5. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Bringing every thought into captivity. Cognitive behavioral therapy is just taking thoughts captive. That's all it is. Taking thoughts captive, taking every thought captive, grabbing it, analyzing it, and asking yourself, is this true? Is this true? Because most of the things that cause you anxiety are lies. Most of the things that cause you fear, anxiety, depression are lies. Fear is usually a liar coming from the father of lies. That's what fear is usually based in. Those fears that keep you up at night and rack your brain and rack your mind with anxiety, those are lies, almost without exception. The kind of thing that, that interferes with your life and locks you up and takes your joy from you, those are almost always lies. Almost always lies. In every case, if you ask yourself, what is true? You take that thought that's causing you difficulty and you say, what is true? What does scripture say? What does God say about me, about my future, about who I am, about who he is? And you answer those questions. By the time you're done answering those questions, that, that thing that seemed like this big thing that was keeping you from falling asleep you'll find it's nothing. There's nothing to it. You ever, y'all ever seen the movie, The Emperor's New Groove? Hey, <laughs> right on. Emperor's New Groove, cartoon. Great movie, fantastic uh, movie if you like cartoons. Um, there's a guy, Cusco. Cusco's walking through the forest and you know, he's by himself and it's at nighttime and it's all super scary and it's like, so they're showing like a spider eating something or whatever. And he's like, oh, he's all scared. And then, he, you know, right here, there's a bush. And in the bush, he hears this, and he sees, and there's these eyes in the bush. You know how they do in the cartoons, and the eyes are in the bush. And he's freaking out, and it's like clear the thing's about to jump out. And the thing jumps out, and it's a squirrel. He's like, you know, a little squirrel like that. The fact is, is that your anxiety is often like that. When it's in the bush... 
When, you, when, you've, allowed, when you've allowed yourself to, to get worked up by it, it seems like a humongous fear. But by the time it gets out and you take that thought captive and you speak truth to it, you find out it's just a fuzzy little squirrel. Now, I'm really hoping that none of you have squirrel phobias because I've just made things so much worse. <laughs> oh, there's squirrels. Um, don't be afraid of squirrels. But don't touch them either. They're really dirty. Um, we need to live in the truth. We are believers in Jesus Christ. We're followers of Jesus Christ. We're the body of Christ. We have the truth. He is the truth. We've got to live in the truth. And when we live in the truth, we can't be affected by lies. We can't be affected by lies. We have nothing to fear. Now, I'm not saying that difficult things don't happen. Don't hear me incorrectly. You'll never hear me say that. I'm not saying that difficult things don't happen or that they won't happen. We live in a fallen world, but God has promised us things, and that's the truth, and you can live in that. Philippians 4, 6 through 8, Holy Spirit through Paul writes this, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, that shalom, that wholeness of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, brothers and sisters, listen to this. We all need a dose of this. Whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, Whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue, if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. You want some cognitive behavioral therapy? You want some freedom? Listen. Listen to this. Do not be anxious. How? Well, let God know what you need. Let God know even what you want. And he tells you that if you do that, his peace will guard your heart and your mind beyond what you can even understand. That you won't have a mind that's racing and freaking and going, that you will be calm, peaceful, wholeness, shalom, beyond what you can understand. What do you do next? Easy, think about what's true. Think about what's pure and lovely and just and noble and of good report and praiseworthy and meditate on those things. If you meditate, on the difficult things, if you go home and all you can think about is, my kid's a mess, but I don't have enough money in the bank, I've got this, I've got that. Well, no wonder when you try to go to sleep at night, you're like, right? But if you come home and you're like, you know what, I have kids. That's amazing. What an amazing thing, right? I have food to eat. If you got more than another change of clothes besides the one you're wearing now, you're doing better than most of the world. You know that? Right? And most of you, you got a lot more than that. Some of you need to clean some things out. Right? Yes. You know who I'm talking to. All right. Some of your husbands maybe say that. All right. If you are in this room right now, it is very likely that you have more to be thankful than, than you could even count if I gave you all day to do it. You could focus and meditate on a million amazing things instead of racking your body and mind with a few things that you use to cause yourself anxiety, which really, if you looked at them, are probably just fluffy little squirrels. And yet that's where we live. 
And that's where we walk. And that's, we meditate on the lies that Satan tells us. And Satan tells our culture. We don't meditate on what's pure and awesome and of good report. And just tell God what we need and trust him. You'll have peace in your heart and your mind that you can't even understand. Why can't you understand it? Because it doesn't make sense to you. Right? doesn't make sense to you. What, what happened? Peter's out there in the boat. Jesus is walking in the water, and Peter's like, hey, um, I want to do that. Can I come walk on the water? And Jesus is like, yeah, man, come on. This is a paraphrase. <laughs> so Peter gets out of the thing, and he starts, he's looking at Jesus, and he's like, dude, this is awesome. I'm walking on the water. And then he looks at the waves. Right? And what happens? His understanding kicks in. People don't walk on water. Waves and storms and whatever hurt people. Oops. Psh, he's sinking. As long as he was looking at Jesus, it was like, I know this guy. I know this guy can do whatever he wants. And I know what he's promised me, and I know that he loves me. And so when I'm looking right here, I'm just like, da-da-da, water. When I look at the water, I start leaning on what? My understanding. My understanding. People don't walk on water. Things are, they do when they're with Jesus. They do when they're with Jesus. The things that it seems like can't work out, won't work out, the difficulties, <laughs> the pain, wherever you are, right? It seems like it's the end. It couldn't get worse. It's whatever. But if your eyes are on Jesus, you can at least trust that, you can, that he can do anything. He can do anything, right? This is where the second weapon against lies and anxiety comes in. We touched on it last week quite a bit. Trust. Trust. Listen to Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. You've probably heard this one before. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. How much of your heart? All of your heart. All of your heart. Now, my wife is a math person, okay? She's a math teacher. She loves the maths. The maths are good, okay? I try to avoid math, all right? I try to avoid it if I can. It was not my favorite thing. At some point, I don't remember what grade it was, they started putting letters in there. And I'm like, I don't even think these are words. I don't know what's going on. It's hard enough to read them when they're in an English paper. Now you've got letters in this thing. What happened to just the number, the plus sign, the number, the line? Like this, pop, answer. When it was there, I was good, right? Go on to finger painting, good days. It was just like law school. But Tiffany loves the math. Now, if we were going to put this verse in a word problem, right? We want to look at it as a word problem and go like this. If I am trusting the Lord with all of my heart, how much heart do I have left to trust in myself or my boss or my bank account, or my spouse, or my looks? Answer, none. There's none left, none heart left, right? That's the maths. There's no heart left to trust in those things because all of your heart is trusting in God. If all of your heart is trusting in God, then none of your heart is trusting in anything else, right? But we don't like that. 
We like to play this like chips at the roulette table, right? You got your stack of chips and it's like, I'll put a little something on eight, a little something between eight and nine on the line. I'm going to play red or black and then I might do odd. Y'all are looking at me like, I've never been to a casino. Okay, I'm the only one that's ever played roulette. Okay, <laughs> whatever. It was a charity event. <laughs> All right. You don't want to blow the whole wad of chips on one number. You don't want to do that because we know the odds are low. Our understanding says spread that risk around a little bit. Why do we do that? Because we lean on our own understanding. What does our understanding say? Well, I think usually our understanding says something like this. I'm pretty sure I believe that God knows best. So I'm going to trust in the Lord with half my heart. The other half is probably going to be somewhere like the stock market, right, or, or in my job, or in, the, in my health, the doctors, whatever it is, these other things that I feel like if I let go of that, if I let go of trusting those things, something bad might happen, but I'll put some trust in God because he probably knows what's best, right? I'll put this much trust in God, but this much trust, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep this much trust still in that bottle that I drink. I'm going to keep this much trust still in that drug, in that relationship, in that addiction to pornography, in that whatever, right? Whatever it is, whatever is there that you're putting your trust in, you're replacing God with. Whether it's something, whether it's a sin, a besetting sin and an addiction, or whether it's just as simple as knowing that you have X amount of money in the bank or you can't feel comfortable, whatever that is, that's replacing God. That has become your functional savior. That has become the thing that you've truly looked to instead of God. If you're wondering, if you're wondering whether you do this, ask anyone close to you, what do I trust in? Better yet, pull out your ATM card and go get a printout of everything that you've spent money on in the last month. You might get a pretty good idea of what you trust in. This is true for all of us. And Scripture's pushing back at us and saying, look, I know that your understanding says you need to spread risks. You need to make sure this and that and the other thing. But God doesn't operate according to our understanding. And it's pretty awesome and amazing that he does not, right? Because we don't understand very much. We don't understand much. God is saying, stop spreading your risks. Stop hedging your bets. He's not saying don't be wise, by the way. That's got nothing to do with what I'm talking about. I'm talking about where your trust is. I'm not talking about saying God's telling me to be wise and to put this much money in the stock market to do this. That. I'm not talking about that, like you should be concerned because you live a wise life. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about where's your trust? Where's the heart? Is it that thing that you're trusting in or God that you're trusting in? Where is it? Because if you want him to direct your path, you've got to trust him with all your heart. If you don't want to writhe in fear at night and be afraid of the dark because it's going to be another sleepless night or another day that you don't want to face because you've got the anxiety or the depression or you feel like garbage, you've got to ask yourself, am I trusting the Lord with all my heart? With all my heart. Am I putting it all on God? He's saying, trust me fully and I will direct your paths. I will do what's best for you, and no, you will not understand it. We've heard two verses already. 
One saying, lean not on your own understanding. One saying, he'll give you a piece that passes understanding, meaning you're not going to understand it. His plan will not be something that you will understand or even agree with. But it will be good. That was Pastor David Robinson from Axe Church, and this is Contemplate. What a powerful lesson. And if you're one who struggles with anxiety and fear, we want you to know that there is an answer and there is hope, and it all hangs on a relationship with Jesus Christ. And if we can help you in any way to find that peace, come see us at Axe Church this Sunday morning. There's a great big family of folks there that would love to meet you and help you turn everything around. Get directions and all the info you need at axcamus.org or call 360-885-9000. Thanks for listening, and I hope you'll check out the next episode for more with Pastor David Robinson here on Contemplate.